Candy, sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. We, it is, uh, oh Lord, thank you, Jesus. Moving, moving right Jesus. along. Moving right along. Let's pray in the Holy Spirit for just a minute here. Thank you, Father God. Oh, Father God, we praise you for that favor that you promised us, Psalm 512, and we accept and believe and receive and embrace that favor. We put our arms around that favor because you promised it to us, Father God. Furthermore, we decree and proclaim that favor wherever we go in behalf of those in the family, <coughs> us, in behalf of our own selves and our own family household. We proclaim that favor every chance we get and receive that favor. We're going to have Father, we thank you for that. Praise you for it. Thank you for favoring us with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Thank you for favoring us with the gift from the gifts of the Holy Ghost. For favoring us with a, a heavenly language, First Corinthians 14, where we can pray. You can will to pray in the Holy Ghost, and you can will to pray in our understanding. So, Father God, we just want to pray a perfect prayer according to your word and promises right now in the Holy Ghost. And lift up, lift up our, our, our kings and those in authority, as it says, we want to pray for all men, kings and those in authority, uh, that we all may be the quiet, peaceful life, and all God wants and honesty, because it's not your will that we should perish. But all she come to understanding and repentance to Jesus Christ. We thank you for that, Father. And lift up the people of our land around here for that land. Sata, 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 sata,
and thanking because it says the inner engagement or praise and start out with worship and praise and do that and then after a little bit uh, it's kind of like the disciples in that last prayer at the garden of Eden or garden of Gethsemane you know, after a while the eyes start doing this you know 4 a.m. and get thee behind me spirit of slumber get thee behind get out of here spirit of slumber you know, that kind of deal after a while the coffee come in handy when that start I'd head back in and get a cup of coffee get espresso for you know had no problem well then I would finish up in there and go into the living room on the couch beautiful view big picture window about that size right there facing out to the top of those trees and uh, it depending on the time of year if it's if it's summertime that thing is going to come up at, at 4 8 4 50 or something like that the sun comes over the top other times of the year it's 7 6 37 but every morning I was there and boy when that thing come over the top I was all I could keep from shouting making all kinds of racket noise and just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost Father God I want to thank you today I can pray in the spirit and be built up and I'm telling you that was, it, it ended up being such an adventure in life living was such an adventure that every moment of the day was not something that I wasn't in a Bible all the time I wasn't preaching to someone every second but every second of the day was an adventure because those doors by the Spirit of God, my angels, you know, we don't just have one. I think we may have one main guardian angel assigned to us, but it says the angels are sent forth to minister and have those who are of salvation. I think we may have more than one. Because some of us, he may have to have help. <laughs> right. some of, I mean, in our younger years, some of us had to have, he had, had a lot of help with <laughs> So I think there's maybe more than one. I was, I was just telling Dola about driving through uh, through Cincinnati asleep. Mm -hmm. You did that really? Yeah. So what you got on a straight of the freeway and just fell asleep? No, I was going through town. Oh Lord. Um, finally I pulled over in the park and tried to get some sleep, but um, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I wake up just in time for a curve. Or the light going. Uh, and it was definitely grace. Never. I remember I had that every period of time years back that I had a couple of companies did state planning. They did. They would, they sold it and trusted people and went back with a guy that was in state planner, licensed guy, and go in there and, and try to convert their annuities and stuff, other stuff. Was, but it was an insurance is what it was. But, um, I in, I was in Tulsa. I was I won their top salesman of the year. I mean, the nation award several times there in the Tulsa office with the trust. But after a while, they moved me to a different position where I was driving. Uh, on Monday morning, I had to be in Dallas at, at Plano, Texas, at 7 a.m. If you've ever been to Dallas, Texas, then they're in a car or we've flown there and drove around a rail car and like that. The uh, they they have improved the freeways uh, quite a bit. But it was a nightmare to drive in that town at all in the daytime. Even at night, it was a nightmare. And, you know, one time, one night I was there for a, a gospel singing thing outside of Dallas. I had to come through Dallas to go home. 11 o'clock at night, we are bumper to bumper inching along. That's kind of like 11 o'clock at night. Uh, yeah. Chicago at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. We expect that there after everybody leaving out. This is everybody supposed to be home in the bed by now. It's a, so the, the traffic is horrible. 
And uh, going into Plano on Monday morning, I think everybody was coming back from the lake or something, or the night before they had to be at the office at seven or something. And I would, I would take me, uh, I was able to get to Dallas in three hours. Uh, get to Plano, it would take me two and a half to go to four or five miles when I hit Plano to the office. Two and a half hours. <clears throat> so I had that, and there was, there was times I got up and I did not have enough sleep. And I remember one time I was coming back up to Oklahoma to go to Tulsa, and the 75 Highway is the most notable four lane that comes up from Dallas out of, of um, are more different places there. And I'm on 75 on the straightaway. I'm driving my diesel pickup along. And I came back too, and I had driven like 10 miles asleep. Mm -hmm. There was apparently no turns or anything. I just, I some way lashed in. I was sitting there for 10 miles on a straight lane on the highway. You could go through Oklahoma and places like that to get this flat straight. Yep. <laughs> there was no warning or nothing. I finally. Woke up just in time, and there was construction stop up there. Oh, thank God! It's feeling the seventy-five. That would have been fun. Mm -hmm. So angels are there, and whenever here, here's the deal: you releasing. It says you're praying according to the will of God when you're praying in the Spirit in the Holy Ghost. Okay? Mm -hmm. We know that all things work together for good to them uh, who are, who love God. The, the things it's talking about in your, in your point of Greek, it's the all things. We know that the all things of the Spirit work together for good. Okay? And that's what that's talking about. Whenever you pray in the Spirit and you're prayed up in, as we say, in the Spirit, it's releasing the authority of heaven by the Spirit of God who has, supposed to have possession of you, right? <laughs> releasing Him to get work things together for your good. And for the good of those that are that you're to reach out here to influence, it's um, I was reading something another, uh, maybe a John Maxwell something. He was saying that it's been stated, researchers say that every person, even the most introverted person who doesn't really reach out too heavily, influences 12 people a day and 10,000 people in their lifetime has influence over them. Mm He's -hmm. talking about leadership, leadership is influence, you know. So we're saying somewhere or another, even if you're the most quiet, reserved, meek type person, mm -hmm. you're influencing more people a day and ten thousand in your life. Mm -hmm. If you're if you're loud and outgoing like Jeffrey, you might be a hundred thousand if you're you're influencing you know? <laughs> Okay, yes, I was paying attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just checking out the door. Yeah, I was paying attention. Okay, I, since you brought that up, yes, we're we have over four hundred. We have over four, we have four point one k just on our podcast alone. We'll see. Like right now, not right well, now, but when it yeah, over, over over total, but we're averaging about four hundred to five hundred a weekly. Wow. And I was going to mention <laughs> one of the things earlier that I had felt led to mention. We don't know. You you do get notification of where they are, right? Uh, generally. I mean, I can pull up now and give some ideas where they're at. You've had people in Finland or places. You don't even think about Finland. kind of <clears throat> stuck in the boonies up next to Russia. Uh, you, you, you've got people in Singapore. They're a wonderful little island nation wow. state. Wonderful little place. Singapore. We have people in Singapore tuning in. You don't know who you might be affecting. Uh, here, here's another interesting thing. You remember Dola, the founder, was the CEO for years of Rockhouse Kids. Yeah. Today we went. We were downtown for uh, to make an appointment or something, 
and she walked in the place, and uh, there was a young black woman, younger black, 20-something, early 20-something woman in there at the desk, and they're talking, and she was asking her some questions about it, and finally the girl says, are you Pastor Dola? <laughs> <laughs> and they get talking, and this was one of her rock house kids that, was a, that came there in, I can remember what, she's 10 years old, something like that. And she had two sisters that were there with her, a brother of her. And she said, and this girl says, I wanted you to know that those days when I was there, what you did saved our lives. Said we did not have food. Apparently, maybe her mother was in prostitution, so she didn't do a lot of direct oversight over kids, apparently. And they didn't have food and stuff like that. And there were many times they always ate at Rock House. And then the people, the volunteers there, if they, if there were kids who seemed like they were just kind of dumped and not cared for at all, they would kind of take those kids under their wings and do things with them. And, you know, take, maybe take them out to eat after or give them some clothes, stuff like that. And Noah was sharing this girl was so grateful. <coughs> she said, you were, you, you saved our lives. You, and she says, today I am a born again Christian. I'm serving God, praising God, you know. And my sister, my mother, has moved to Florida, and my other sister's here. But I have a sister here that didn't come to Rock House. She was high school at the time. I have a sister here. But I'm doing good, and I have a niece and nephew. I'm trying to get them to go to Rock House. It's a wonderful thing to end we can have. You know, she's she's had a great influence over this city for years. And uh, we were in Walmart one night, which is here in Nafco. We're going through Walmart, and I had this foot thing. I'm limping along, and, and I'm walking along, come pushing a cart in front of her a few feet. And she looks to the side, and that money service counter is where the cash registers are in the middle of the whole thing over there. There were a couple of little kids Aww. with their heads up over the top of their eyes like this, and their eyes were kind of wide like this. Like that, and she's going by, and she turns and looks at him and says, Oh, hi, how are you doing? She says, are you Pastor Bella? <laughs> <laughs> These were kind of little kids. They were, they might, might have been four, five, or six year olds when she was there with the Morocco. And they remembered that, they, you know, one of the things that's heartrending was they, uh, Bella had left four years, right before we got married, a couple years before we got married, okay, had retired from there. And they, they said, why don't you come see us anymore? <laughs> you know, if you're the CEO and another CEO is put in, you're kind of not welcome to come back there, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of times. You, know, you don't come back and interfere with what we got going on now, kind of bad too, so. Yeah. so she just didn't go back there so it's not to create issues. And these kids, why don't, why don't you come see us anymore? <laughs> Did you? Uh-huh. Whatever was going on. Yeah. Yes. They'd be they were they were sort of hurt. It was kind of hurt. Why don't you do you, do you get mad at us or something? Why don't you see us well, did you, you, I'm sure you told them, well, we're here all the time. Well, she told them, I'm here, but I can't, I just haven't been back there. There's some reasons I haven't yeah. been back, but I still love you guys so much and all that. And there's other kids. One of them had kind of grown up at Rock House with her, and he, he called a couple of years after I got married and said, I'm going to ask my girlfriend to marry me this weekend. Will you do the wedding? And she did out on the river up there. There's that park out there by the river and one of the pavilions out there. She did that. So she still has that influence. Some of them still, they still call her. 
some of them call her, I need you to send me some money, you know. Other ones, I need you to come bail me out of jail. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, they, they just made wrong choices as they go. Yeah. But so many of them have had that kind of positive influence on them, and they're still serving God. Those are the ones that just get the shoes off, just all lifted up and happy about that. You just feel that. Amen. And she had to call the other adults who reached out to this family all those years and all that helped them out a lot more. She had called let them know that she did. Mm -hmm. And she's doing well. I think that's the big thing out there. I remember uh, when I was a teenage mutant ninja children's pastor back in the early 80s up to the mid 80s, and there were kids that, that uh, would call me 10, 15, 10 years down the road. I was all the way out of town. They somehow found my number and called me. I want you to, one of them called one time, Shannon. He was a rug rat. <laughs> he, he had a single mom who had had a lot of social interactions, uh, problems. You know, she didn't get along at all. She was a nice lady, Beth. You know, she started coming to the church after the bus. She started coming and stuff. So we would go over and visit them, the bus kids and all that. And Shannon called me one day. Is this is this Gary? Yeah, who's calling? He just breaks out bawling. I said, this is This is Shannon. You know, Shannon was a, he was gonna be a macho man all of a sudden. You know? yeah, he, <laughs> he could cry with you. He started he just broke out bawling his eyes out. And finally got him calmed down and said, What's what's the matter, Shannon? I had to call you. I had to call you. I had to call you. He said, I got married. Now, you know, and so we had to work through those things. And, you know, <laughs> and he was crying, I couldn't understand it. To realize, though, you have that kind of an impact and influence on someone's life. I've had other ones that work for me. I think I might have told you about Cactus Tom. He <laughs> called me yeah, 10 or 15 years after he worked for me, called me. And, and we used to, it was kind of a playground, that kind of thing. We gave each other our time and all that. But he remembered that so well and said, I, I listened to what you said to me all those years ago. And he said, I got baptized. My wife and I got baptized. And our boys and we're, we're going to church and for God now. He had to call and tell me that. That was what I knew. You know, we have influence. You have incredible influence right now over someone. So, over some folks. I do like. To work off of a, a thing from the Jen Paper Seven Pastors of Promise, those that those that you leave will only come up as high as as, as the law of the they call it. Yeah, the law of the yeah, and and I I use that to to say that everybody has a leadership in somebody's life. Yeah. And, and those people that you are leaving got some responsibility because they'll only come up this high as what you're showing them. Yeah. My friend that, uh, the boyfriend uh, passed away, uh, we had some news on that. Um, we found out the name of the girl that hit hurt him and the girl in the back of the bike. And they got a warrant out for her last right now. So it was a hit run. Oh, it was murder because oh, 
Well, the girl was okay when he, uh, he passed away, but, but I've been helping her out so much. She's been begging me, like, playing with things about the leadership. I'm not letting her strain like that because nobody else is going to help her, so... Leadership is input, you know, mm -hmm. the third line, it's just input of people. She was very thankful. And you sometimes um, don't know who you're leaving. And it ain't yeah. cracking a whip and, and yeah. blistering behind you with whip or nothing. Mm -hmm. it's, it's influencing people, but, uh, helping you to make choices. But to make choices. I wanted to um, mention that before I said that they got a warrant for the rest I know. We don't know the picture of her because I understand why they're not doing that until they find her or they can't find her. If they can't find her, the only reason they know a name because she's not the person that's seen. So, you know, the, the, the most, the strongest example and most effective example of leadership is to be in a relationship with someone and lead in with your family guy. She's been in my life over three years. So it's her and my other friend. I can truly just say, oh, I need this, 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 and I'll find a way to help me out. All right, you know, we need help. The strongest way to lead anybody. Right? You know what it is, right? Strongest way we can lead anybody. Yeah. Lead them into the family. Right? And that doesn't, you know, trying yeah. yeah. to be strong for it because I'm supposed to be almost like a sister. I'm about four years older than her, so. I'm supposed to be a light to her, too, right? Yeah. To be a light to her. That's why I've been. Um, whatever her boys need or whatever, or even the dogs. I know the dogs can't not do with it. But. You want to reach someone, bless the children. Bless the children. sometimes, but they can do some good too. You, you come in uh, to, to really be used by the Lord. We need to take the leadership and it says and draw the word draw not draw near to God and draw near to you, right? Mm -hmm. If we if we go through life and just nod to him every once in a while as we're passing running past, we're not drawing to near you and there won't be the influence because he's the ultimate creator, he's the ultimate leader, right? He's the ultimate influencer. If we want to be influential, we need to get him with him. I draw near to him. And the best way I know to draw near is to pray when the Holy Ghost takes the time to decide. Uh, what I found with this crazy professional patient status I've had for what, two years now. Mm -hmm. uh, and and so if I in your board, well, I might as well be there. day is no mention she's the chauffeur, you know, right now. Okay. She'll mention it, you know. Like, oh, we've done three times we've been over to doctors off appointments today. You know, it's five times this week with doctors. And so 
in ending up in math that, that interferes with a lot of things and interferes with this when they put you in the hospital. And bless God, then people come in there, you're trying to oh, yeah. get a good night's rest. Uh, and they come in there, I, I'm here to take vitals, 12 o'clock midnight. Yeah. I'm going to take vitals, 1 o'clock. Oh, I need to take some blood. Yeah. 2 o'clock. After my heart attack at the hospital, I was in ICU. Yeah. And, and I was right favorite. there by the, the nurse's desk, and they were having a party. Yep. Oh. I, I demanded they shut my door. I had a, a private room. I demanded shut my door, people, because they'd be coming by holler and jump it up and down. Uh -huh. <laughs> two in the morning, but they come there two at three in the morning. They come in. There, oh, we need to fight, take your blood sugar. Yeah, yeah. Four or five. Oh, time for vitals again. What do you need my vitals for? I'm sleeping. All right. Mm -hmm. I'm still vital. Okay, I'm still breathing. <laughs> and then five o'clock. Blood. Time for blood sugar. You know. Oh, I got to give you some antibiotics. Got to change your antibiotics. <coughs> Sleep was kind of spotty. I'm like, oh no, it's the map. <laughs> that's right. That's the one. The one that was doing the blood. I would, I would say, oh, is the count? I, she took two great big things. I said, oh, the count is getting a double portion tonight. Yeah, and she laughed. laughed. <laughs> Don't Dracula, tell Count Dracula, hello for him. So, how much of my blood do you take? <laughs> I said, you need another half gallon here? Is she short or what? I, I love the little cat picture they had, and uh, you know, a cat in a defensive position. <laughs> You're not taking any more of my blood. Cat Yeah. <laughs> we have one man. We posted 25 times. Oh. Wow. The doctor says nobody, one, one, that's the same. And if you don't get it, he's not. There's no way I would let them hope you 25 times. No. I don't know. sit there and come in after about four or five times of doing this. Oh, it's messed up. we got to move it to the other arm. Yeah. And they they, about they six times to find <coughs> and, and then they, oh, it's messed up over here. we got to move back to the other arm. Like can, can we do it? Can we do it in your wrist? And whatever. Okay. They, they check my wrist. They check my both arms, both elbows. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you want your so you're you're right Excuse me, it says acupuncture. <laughs> I hope I'm not getting charged extra. <laughs> so anyway, I had an issue with sleep, if you all know. So what's happened at that time, and I wake up, uh, we'll, we'll go to, we'll have Jesus time, go sheepy if we get my daughter, we'll go sheepy, we'll go to sleep, and 
sometimes I will lay there for 30 minutes an hour trying to go to sleep and after a while Father God you said in your word why should I sit up late and write, get up early and get no sleep it says you give your beloved sleep so I'm receiving that right now so I start to nod off and maybe 2.30 or 3 uh, it's time for a pit stop okay so wake up and after that from 3 o'clock to about 7 after a while after a while, after after a little bit, a little bit of that, you know, we won't leave. After a while, I said, "Ura sandalabash," but not loud enough to wake Bill up. Ura, kind of under the breath like Dad Hagen said he did, and lay there for two or three, four hours praying in the Holy Ghost. And then at the end of that, all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost like leave, but yes, and all of a sudden, <laughs> we got a choir going there. <laughs> so. Anyway, that adventures is to get into taking some time, devoting that time to pray in the Spirit. Because what that does will open that authority from heaven. Y'all realize authority is one of the keys to life, actually. Think about that. Who's authority? You know, what did God say to the people of Israel? Whom will you serve, right? Mm-hmm. He's saying whose authority you're going to submit to, basically, what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Even the authority. And he said, you can come to the Lord or I'll just let you loose and do whatever you want. And you won't be blessed, he said. In the words of Solomon, you, sir. Yeah. <laughs> My gracious honor. <laughs> We're talking about the same movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm like that. <laughs> three, about three and a half hours and in the middle of it gets long in the tooth in a few places like oh come on <laughs> you don't take that long to cross a meadow okay <laughs> or you get up to a mountain or what about second breakfast i yeah. read the books but it was lying in yeah. <laughs> what about second breakfast <laughs> was that mary mary or betty or pippin that said that mm-hmm. Say, boss, whatever you say, Lord, 
What can I do, Lord? Where can I go, Lord? How can I serve you, boss, Lord? That's what it means. And so that's a question of whose authority do we go under. And whenever we're, uh, Dad Hagen pointed this out many, many times, when we're praying in the Spirit, it says we're praying according to the will of God. What happens after a while, if you continually speaking out the will of God in prayer, what's happened? That's getting a hold of you inside. That's, that's taking hold of you inside. The real you, the spirit man, spirit woman, spirit man, taking hold of you inside. And and that's the adventure of prayer. It takes become a part of your digesting, that part of your being and as part of his under his authority and giving a real grasp of what that means. And it really becomes a sensitivity issue at that point, an adventure issue sensitivity. I remember a time uh, I was still, I, I didn't contract, and I tell people it supported our missions at it. Because I went around the world a number of times in mission work, and outreaches, and everything like that for years. Plus, we had the Overcomers Fellowship, we're pastor and all that, but we did. It supported the missions at it because the church didn't pay us hardly anything. And so, uh, and paid the bills, kept the farm afloat, kept the horses in pay, all that. But uh, we, uh, we would, uh, I, I would discover in, in that area of authority, I discovered this, whenever I've kept in tune with the Holy Ghost by speaking in the Spirit and praying for, it for a period of time, there's this sensitivity that comes back and would let me know, you need to do this. You, you need to talk to so-and-so. Maybe you should go by and see it. It's just, this, I don't know if you call it a vision, but I just knew that that needed to happen right now. And it was the Spirit of God talking to the real needs of the Spirit talking to me. And I know that. I remember one time we were at a minister's conference. I was a, a part of the uh, ordained into the Association of Faith Churches and Ministries. They're based out of Minnesota now. They were in Tulsa. So I wonder I, 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 I I first was ordained with the Minister of Fellowship of the USA. This man right here, Dr. John G. Lake. If you get a chance, this book is here if anybody wants to read it. So he's, he has a book called Adventures in God that will set you on fire, the things he shared the Spirit of God. Uh, his, he took his family of nine children and his wife. The Lord told him to go to relocate to South Africa. Uh, <coughs> He sold everything he had. He was a multi-millionaire insurance executive. He sold everything when I did a campaign in Indianapolis. I think he spent down his money. He's going to leave for Africa. They got a sale through his boat back then. Sell through London and then down to Africa. They, let's see, they had $3 in their pocket. This is 1902 or something. $3 in their pocket and these children. And one of their ministry people in the U.S. came with them to see them off, so he paid her way back on the train. So he had a dollar eighty left. He gets to England with a dollar eighty, and they were demanding he have so much in order to continue on. So he's standing there, and someone shows up. A widow shows up at the train station, and she's going around. And she says, "Oh, you're the one. You're the one." And she walks up to him and says, the, 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 Holy, the Holy Spirit has, has informed me that I need to, to put this into your hands, and that was $40. Oh. Yeah. $40 uh, pounds or whatever it was, $40. So we had the money to go on. And they get to after, they had no place, they had no contact, they had not made up an itinerary before. They knew no one there. He shows up in Johannesburg, or 
now what is the other capital back in Detroit or somewhere like that. They show up in the harbor, they get off the boat, the South Africans are saying, you have to have an address here. They won't let you here without an address where you're staying. And you have to have so much money, like $27 or something like that, in order to get off the boat. We have to know that you can care for yourself and, and be responsible. And so they're praying, you know, what do we do? Father God, we thank you that you hear our prayer, that you supply our need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We just want to praise you, and lift your hands and praise you. And uh, another little woman, she said, oh, you're the American missionaries. God has told me to give you a home. Wow. And she furnished it. It was furnished home with groceries. And she said, and the Lord showed me you had seven, uh, nine children, and you would need some food stuff, so I've stopped you with food and the all the different covers are stocked with food and everything here that you need, wow. it's yours. And they lived there for how many years? Starting that, they had a fantastic, fantastic ministry. You can read about in that book. We have to realize also in 1902, $43, we're not dealing with Biden dollars. No, no, I mean, it's probably like four or five hundred dollars, which would keep your family fed for yeah. what, a week or something here? Yeah. But not a long term, long term vision. So they had something had to happen, but he had prayed in the Holy Ghost to have the sensitivity and prayed ahead of time and the ministry angels of the Lord had gone for and had touched people. Okay, go over to the train station. And you know, he went there and these people were already spirit filled. They led him to a tabernacle church that was spirit filled. They weren't real huge in Africa at the time. But they went there and it became something that took over Africa, this movement that he went and kind of found it there. Mm -hmm. It took over Africa. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it's, some of, a lot of it's still there, but not quite as prominent as it was in 2022. That was 1902. So I think he came back in 1926, U.S. And they had another fabulous mystery up in the Northwest in uh, Olympia, Washington, I think, in Washington. Mm -hmm. You can read all about it in there. Fantastic mystery, but it was of the Holy Ghost. And he emphasized that all the time. This has to be of the Spirit. This has to be the leadership of the Spirit. And one of his majors was, God has made us a new man in Him. And we're to be like the Christ. Mm -hmm. Christian means the little Christ, right? Literally. It was, it was a, a put-down word in the Greeks back then. But it literally means someone who's like the Christ. So he said, we're to be literally like that. We should have the same strength. We should have the same anointing blowing out of our hands we, could, we should be able to lay hands on some, a crippled person and pull them out of their off their stretcher or whatever <coughs> he had their ministry he had a place there they had a wall filled with crutches stretchers all kinds of stuff of people that had been miraculous to pull off those and heal by the time and that was an afternoon fantastic fantastic why because he stepped into the adventure in prayer Adventures in God, adventures in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Spirit of following the Spirit of God. And I am not going to get to this tonight because it's almost time. I was just going to. He's going to ding, ding. Okay. We need to put one of those dings 